This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on a snowy and blustery Monday evening. That's why races are being held in Florida or inside of buildings. But we got a lot to talk about on the Michigan racing scene tonight. It's all coming up. But first, here's a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Pennsylvania sprint car ace Brock Zierfoss made the haul to Queen Creek, Arizona over the weekend and had an eventful Sunday night on his way to $7,500 and a win at the Copper Classic from Arizona Speedway. Zierfoss got the checkered after a near-disaster moment when he struck the back of a slowing race car and ripped the nose wing off. Zierfoss somehow collected the lead and went on to take the checkers. Uh, Grab your pen and your Sharpie marker and just write another check for Brandon Overton. The driver put the icing on the cake of an amazing 2021 season with a win in Saturday's Gobbler 100 at Cochrane Motor Speedway. Overton held off Austin Kirkpatrick and Scott Bloomquist for the win. Carson Quapple found victory lane during night number two of the Thanksgiving Classic at Southern National Motorsports Park. The win came during a rare start in a pro late model. More on that event coming up in a few moments. And finally, Champion Racing Association took care of some business this week, announcing Van Hoy Oil has returned as the title sponsor of the Street Stocks, and Vores Welding has returned as the title sponsor for the late model sportsman division. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. Good. How you doing, Zach? I thought we were going to be a little slow on news this week. Surprise, surprise sometimes, right? Oh, man. It's been a very busy week. And, yeah, of course, we got some breaking news last night that, uh, you know, sometimes on Sunday we're scratching our head going, who are we going to talk to tomorrow? we got to bring somebody on this program Man, we uh, we got a couple of really good guests lined up on the tee coming up in just a few moments. But first, let's get an update on some things going on in the industry. Yeah, Zach, let's first give away, you know, we talked last week, uh, you know, uh, our friend and, and the all-time winningest driver in the CRA Super Series, Scott Hans, has been uh, fighting a battle with COVID down in Fort Wayne in the hospital. Well, we got some good news last week uh, over the holiday weekend. Uh Scott was removed from the ventilator. So that was awesome. Um, and then, you know, what can happen? You go up and down with this thing, you know, you right. have good days and bad days. So uh, he's hanging in there um, trying to keep his levels up, but all indications are Scott Hans is heading in the right direction. And, and that is flat out awesome. So everybody's prayers are working, continue with them. He's got a long way to go. Uh, he sure isn't out of this yet, but he is sure in a better place today than he was a week ago. And you love to hear it. So, uh, yeah, keep up the great work. And uh, the hurricane, we're hoping he gets out of this storm for sure. So, hey, uh, what else is going on? You, We had a meeting yesterday, a uh, Horsepower Happenings meeting, and I couldn't pay attention to a darn thing we were talking about because somebody had Dave Moody and Steve Post blaring in the background of the meeting. <laughs> yeah, that was me. It's it's amazing what you can find on Speed Fifty One when there's not a lot of racing going on, and, and it's and it's almost December. But uh, Zach, when a single driver has amassed over 100 wins during the past decade, uh, that doesn't leave many opportunities for anyone else to win. And that didn't change yesterday, as Josh Berry ended his late model stock career with JR Motorsports by taking the Thanksgiving Classic 150 at Southern National Motorsports Park. Uh, What was unusual was that it was Barry's first ever win in the premier holiday event. And Zach, uh, I watched this event. Like you said, uh, I didn't mean for it to bother you during our meeting. Uh, (laughs) But it did become hard to watch at times with caution after caution. 
slowing the action. At one point, they completed eight laps in 45 minutes. Oh, my word. Uh, but it didn't affect Barry as he collected the $4,000 payday. The 31-year-old now gets ready for his promotion, his full-time Xfinity Series ride with JR Motorsports in 2022. Yeah, you know, I, we've been following this story for a long time, and I still just think it's cool. You run Dale Jr.'s late model stock for, you know, a decade, and then one day he calls you and says, hey, want to run Xfinity cars? <laughs> sure. Then you go out there and win at Martinsville, and then he calls you the next week. You want to do this a little more often? <laughs> yeah, that's – that. I mean, you wouldn't think you'd make that big of a jump, you know. Um, I, I don't. I look at those late model stuff, and that's really the first time yesterday that I watched them, and they look a little bit different. I mean, they don't. They don't look like a template body super late model a little bit, but there's some changes to them. They don't look exactly the same, um, which the bodies on the pro late models are the same anyway as well. But uh, they were getting around. They were getting around Southern National Motorsports Park pretty quick, and they they were putting on a heck of a show. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk about some things happening on the dirt. It's midgets on the beach. Logan Seavey took the lead from Buddy Kofoid on lap forty-one and led the rest of the way en route to winning the NOS Energy Drink National Midget Series 80th running of the Turkey Night Grand Prix. This was in front of a sellout crowd at Ventura Raceway Saturday night. Despite finishing the runner-up spot, Kofoid would prove to be the big winner on the night, clinching the 2021 USAC National Midget title. All he had to do was start the event. The Pengrove, California native became the eighth different Toyota driver in the last nine years to win the USAC championship. Kofoid, by the way, closes out the season, finishing in the top five in eight of the last nine during the USAC Western Swing, including two wins, six podiums to lock down the title. What an impressive run by Buddy Kofoid, and he almost had a win at Nashville to go along with that impressive end-of-the-year run. Oh, wait, that wasn't USAC sanctioned. Never mind. Yeah, we had some fun. I got to talk to him down at Nashville, and he's really excited, uh, you know, kind of the way Cody Swanson was when he was getting into full-body fendered stock cars so we're gonna have to keep an eye on on buddy kofoid and see uh I, I think he's planning on doing more of that next year as well so that'll be pretty cool don't you think Zach? yeah for sure you know buddy kofoid's probably going to be a legend in open wheel racing but how about a legend in full-bodied race cars and a career that is all but over rich france and and it really had an impressive and exciting run this weekend too yeah, he sure did. It was uh, arguably, arguably, Zach, one last opportunity at glory for the, for the legendary Rich Bickle. Uh, but also, a lot of money was at stake for Michael Atwell, too. Uh, those were the stakes before Atwell outdoed Bickle during a two-lap shootout to determine the Bill Bigley Jr. Memorial 128 on Saturday night at 417 Southern Speedway down in Punta Gorda, Florida. Uh, everything prior to that moment was just as dramatic, too. Atwell and Bickle only had a chance to race for the win because Steve Dorr and Nick Neary uh, had crashed each other out of the lead, approaching the white flag. Prior to that, Jesse Tatilli, uh seemed like a runaway winner uh, to the tune of a five-second lead, getting eliminated by a broken water pump belt. Before that, pole sitter Ty Majeski broke a left upper control arm while avoiding an accident uh, after the re his redraw forced him to start in the fifth position. Uh the uncertainty began even sooner uh, with that than with the contender Stephen Nassi withdrawing after losing an engine during practice on Friday. But a lot happened to put Atwell in position to contend for the ninth from his ninth place starting position. But the driver of the 51 machine capitalized when given the opportunity to go one-on-one -on -one with Bickle and picked up the big $20,000 payday. Atwell also tacked on an additional $5,000 for being a home state driver and bringing it home to victory lane. Uh, Bickle would confront Atwell in victory lane, Zach, regarding the late contact, commenting, I guess taking second was the right thing to do. I just don't understand racing this way. I don't know the kid, and it doesn't matter. I'm glad I'm about to retire because it's sad if this is how you have to race. Bickle would have one final warning to Atwell before he left, saying, just wait till the derby. Painesville, Ohio's Albert Francis and Anthony Sergi would complete the podium. You know, I got a, I got to see that final run to the checker, and I really, I mean, you're coming to the checkered. We've talked about it a million times on this show. What, what the, uh, you know, what, what the gentleman's agreement is, or what the code of conduct should be. But when you're coming to the checker with twenty thousand dollars on the line, you really find out what kind of man you're racing against. And Rich Bickle had every opportunity to return the favor in turns three and four on Atwell, and he didn't. 
Um, I don't believe that he couldn't get to him. I believe he could have drove right through him if he wanted to, even after get, gathering the car back up on the backstretch. Um, so, I don't know. It's uh, We're definitely losing one of a kind in Rich Bickle when he hangs the helmet up, but I don't know, Rich. Did you see it? I thought he had a chance to drive through Atwell if he was really that upset about it. Yeah, they, yeah, he Atwell kind of ran him a little high down the backstretch and kind of kind of chopped him um, going down the back straightaway, and Bickle got out of the throttle. Uh, yeah, I thought he had every chance to do it, but I don't know. You, you're running late late in your career. He's got one race left, Zach, and that's if he, he's got to try to make the Snowball Derby next this week. And we've um, and, and let's remember, it wasn't very long ago that we saw him wadded up in a ball and turns one and two at this very race with another young late model driver all bent out of shape with what he's been doing. So uh, I don't know. It might be deja vu all over again, it sounds like. Yeah, Rich Bickle probably has a memory. I mean, but, uh, you know, they, they drove differently in his day, I think, Zach. Uh, you know, he's a five-time Snowball Derby champion. Um, while, while nobody comes close to that, right? right? So at the Snowball Derby and all, all the wins that he's got up, uh, in you know, up, up in Wisconsin and in the north and all that. So I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe he just wants to try to go out on the right foot and, and not make a whole lot of waves. But, but like you said, Zach, $20,000, um, we might not be friends at the end of that race. <laughs> if it's 20 grand. <laughs> well, let's talk about something here. Get your feelers out, get the ears perked up and, uh, maybe write this down on the notepad to revisit 2022 SRL will expand its operation to the East Coast to sanction some of the nation's top super late model events. Now, SRL, made up, of course, of Ricky Brooks, who we all are going to hear from next week or this coming weekend. Let's just, I'm going to go ahead and put money on it. We're going to hear from Ricky Brooks this weekend. Larry Collins, Brian Olson, also a part of this. They'll head up the new SRL adventure since 2001 SRL or the uh, Southwest Tour Series has been sanctioning and managing short track events in the Southwest region, and it has been growing uh, to a premier sanctioning body in short track racing on the west coast with three series competing at the region's top short tracks and national television coverage and and you get it they have the whole thing since 2008 they've sanctioned events in california nevada arizona utah and colorado now though they are working on promoting some stuff in our territory rich france ten thousand dollars to win money in the bank 150 on june 8th $30,000 to win Battle at Berlin 150 on August 10th. So far are the only two races that will be sanctioned by SRL in 2022. Uh, We do understand the series has plans to include additional events announced at a later date as they are in discussions with promoters and racetracks who host marquee super late model events in the East and Midwest. Uh, So interesting to see what's going to happen here. Uh, So far, two events, and uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, I'm not sure... As far as key marquee super late model events in our area, I think they've nabbed the two that we have. Uh, what else do you have? Red Bud, Winchester. Eh, I'm not sure they're going to get those. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's a, it's it's enough to perk your ears, though, Zach. When exactly. They, when they can come, when they can come in, and 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 those are two of the crown jewels for the super late models. Uh, so that's interesting. We we will have to keep an eye on it. Um, obviously, Champion Racing Association has had a solid footing in the Midwest um, and, and even to the South somewhat uh, for many years, for many, many years. So, and that's going to be hard to break into, you know, uh, you know, Glenn Luckett and his team do an outstanding job. We've worked with them many times. So we'll have to see, Um, you know, I don't know what the marketing plan is uh, that those three obviously know what they're trying to do and we'll just have to keep an eye on it. But um, it sure is interesting that uh, two of the big races in our region, uh, go to SRL for 2022. All right. Speaking of big events that are coming up, uh, matter of fact, we're not talking snowball derby yet. Pump the brakes. How about the St. Louis Gateway Dirt Nationals? Can you believe it? It's this weekend. Action gets underway Thursday with the first of two preliminary nights in advance of Saturday's finale around the temporary one-fifth mile clay oval inside the, uh, the 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 big dome in St. Louis you can't miss it uh, and this is this has become rich such an event uh, the atmosphere the door banging the the ruffled feathers the 
122 pre-entered late models <laughs> that are scheduled to be there, including Brandon Shepard, Scott Bloomquist, Jonathan Davenport, Bobby Pierce. Donnie Schatz's number 15 rocket chassis is expected to be driven by Brandon Shepard, by the way. So all the names are there. Oh, you want to talk modifieds? 51 of them pre-registered. Nick Hoffman, uh, he's scheduled to be there. Uh, our own Chad Bauer, I do believe, is making the trip out there with his number 19 machine. Uh, let me see. Ricky Thornton Jr., Mike McKinney. This thing is huge, and it's happening on Snowball Derby weekend. So I'm sending you to Florida Maybe I didn't. Maybe I forgot to clue Scott in that I was swiping his credit card to go St. Louis. Maybe I'll just go catch the dome race this weekend. Yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't have put this thing back one week, right? I know. I know. They just couldn't do it. You know, that's kind of funny. You know, apparently we know that means our buddy Jason Seltzer's got to have at least two TVs on uh, at at the Lynn Street Pub. So we we know that. Yeah, Pub TV uh, is going to be rocking this weekend. (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm telling you. But uh, yeah, no, I'm. I don't think I'm going to be able to catch any of it, to be honest with you. I don't know how I'm going to be able to. I'm going to be busy enough in the 70-degree weather down in Florida. Maybe I can get over it. Yeah, I think you'll be all right. Now, remember, Gateway Dirt Nationals had to take a year off, just like many indoor races had to uh, due to the COVID pandemic last year. But it was 2019 when Tyler Carpenter edged Brandon Shepard to the finish line and gave us one of the greatest quotes in victory lane history one that I won't re-utter here on Horsepower Happenings. You can find it on YouTube <laughs> if you feel so inclined. Um, and uh, the reason being, well, it's a big, big deal. $30,000 to win at the end of 40 laps for late models. Modifieds go for 30 laps and $10,000 to win. Midgets will be there as well, also racing for $10,000 to win. So uh, big weekend, big race weekend, and uh, a lot of good names on this pre-entry list for late models. Uh, again, more of the highlights, Tanner English, Jason Fager, Shannon Babb scheduled to be there. Uh, just scrolling through here quickly. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, the Bloomquist, Brandon Shepard going to be there. And Ricky Thornton Jr. going to get back into it. The load of talent that is going to be at the Dome this weekend is, is phenomenal. So Rusty Schlenk also listed as uh, – scheduled to be there and of course we'll keep an eye on him and see how he does he almost won or did he did he win the race of champions a couple of years ago he won the race of champions yeah so uh i did, i had that come across my social media today i was watching it so i remember that so yeah it'll be that'll be cool to hope, hopefully rusty gets back out there as well rich france it's time to move into tonight's featured interview and i've got to tell you this is another one that's right up there on the zach is excited list uh because when i first heard that this could be happening I said, if it happens, this is going to be huge. And then it finally became official over the weekend. And, uh, Rich, this this is really an exciting interview that we're going to have tonight. Let us know who we're chatting with. Yeah, Zach, uh, first of all, the first gentleman, uh, he's a 2007 inductee of the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. And I can't believe they don't have the grandstands of Butler named after him by now. <laughs> uh, and the other gentleman a week ago uh, – didn't have a ride for the 2022 season, and, whoa, seven days uh, makes a lot of difference. Uh, Ken Mackey, Ryan Rule, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks for having us. Uh, Ken, first, let's let's start with you. Um, man, big news. Uh, you're bringing Ryan Rule on to drive that 25M machine. Kind of tell me how that all started and how, you, how we got here. Well, I... To be honest, I, I called Ryan uh, to get me some graphics made uh, for one of my uh, sponsors that I knew he had the, the template for, and, and that's like 10 days ago, and, and uh, I just sort of, after we got done talking business as far as graphics, I just brought up to him and said, hey, what you got going on? And, uh, you know, it just all sort of steamed from there, so. Now, Ken, uh, for those who don't know, and maybe those who think they know but they don't know, uh, you've been the man behind that red number 25M for a very long time, so much so that I understand before this, only two other people have ever driven that race car other than Ken Mackey. Is that true? Or maybe three. I, did, Dan, did Danny Williams or somebody take a spin in it as well? It's it's very few people is my point. Well, I had uh, Corey Bevard ran it uh w- I think back in '01 or something at the first um, choice and, and uh, ran really well with it. And I think he finished second to me in every race, but uh, <laughs> he ran really well. That was my spare car, and 
and then had uh, actually Todd Kelly run one of my big mouse cars one night just for a test and two night at Butler. And uh, then I had Chris Andrews obviously ran it in 2019 and and did really well at Attica. Um, missed winning the championship by uh, two laps. Uh, we broke a set oh. of rear end gears, but, it, you know, it is what it is. So you can't have mechanical failures win championships. So. so my point is not a lot of people other than Ken Mackey drive Ken Mackey's equipment. What is this? I mean, is this going to be, you know, you have that 2019 season under your belt with Chris, but – what sort of challenges or, or mentally uh, or financially or anything like that? This is a little bit different for you to be a car owner rather than the owner-driver. Yeah, I mean, we already have three cars in the stables and, and three engines already. Uh, um, the Danny Whips coming aboard, we'll, we'll just add to that. I appreciate Danny um, coming aboard and, and helping us. Um, but, you know, we actually have really, really good equipment. It just needed a really good driver to, to, to wheel it. So, you know, I'm 58 years old, and I can't drive nothing like I used to be able to, and I know time. And the car is a lot better than I am a driver anymore. So it just needs somebody that's capable of being up front uh, in that car. And uh, I think Ryan's a great fit for that. Ryan, uh, we'll go to you now. I, you know, a couple weeks ago, um, you know, it was big news. You know, nobody saw, um, you know, the split with you and Steve Smith coming at all, I don't think, especially after your 2021 Great Lakes Super Sprints Championship. Um, man, how do you feel this quick already knowing what you're going to do for 2022? And uh, it, it sure doesn't sound – it sure sounds like uh, – it's probably not going to take you a, a whole long to get up a whole long time to get to spe- up to speed in this car. Uh, right. Yeah. I think uh, Ken and his crew know enough that they can make, make anyone look pretty good in that car. Um, but yeah, yeah. It felt a lot longer than it was actually when uh, I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but yeah. Yeah. When I think on it, it, it really was pretty quick. So yeah, I feel super fortunate. When we talk about this timeline, too, I mean, you had gone, Ryan, four or five years without having to wonder what you were going to strap into when the next race season came along. These last three or four weeks, have they been, I mean, is that a different roller coaster than you've been on in quite some time? Uh, yeah, actually it was. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I didn't really see the the Smith thing kind of go in the direction they were. So that was a bit of an unpleasant surprise. Um, so yeah, I was sort of in limbo, not sure if I needed to try to seek out sponsors or partners or, you know, find somebody that had motors and stuff that I could use for my car or if I should be looking for a ride. And yeah, fortunately things just sort of played out and yeah, I got a, pretty solid offer and yeah just feel really pumped about it now you and i uh, live about 10 minutes from each other and then combined we live about 10 minutes from the racetrack that uh, we both grew up at uh, butler motor speedway we both watched ken Mackey just dominate at that racetrack um and then we watched him go and do other things and run really well with race cars at other places for you personally ryan what does it mean to get a chance now to work with a guy like Ken Mackey that, that you watched as a kid and raced against and, you know, had your butt whipped against at Butler a couple of times? What does it mean now to get a chance behind his equipment? Uh, it's, it's actually pretty surreal. If you would have told a 10-year-old version of me that this might happen, uh, there's no way I'd believe it because it just seemed like Kenny and the 25m car won every time i showed up at butler to spectate and you know i watched him win some big races there um i saw him do awesome against outlaws and stuff at hartford when i was growing up uh and then even when i started kenny went and did the the sod thing and i'm pretty sure he won the championship that year so i knew he could get the job done outside of just butler uh and then yeah when i was getting into racing and starting to be competitive he was always pretty helpful pretty friendly um would 
you know, see how I was doing and give me real solid advice. And, you know, I knew he was, he had been fast for as long as I'd been paying attention. So I trusted everything he said. And yeah, I was just fortunate to, you know, get to kind of be buddies with him and get some advice from him. Ken, let's go back to seven, 10 days ago. Like you said, uh, were you looking to do something different with your race team or, and when you made that phone call, had he already planned to talk to Ryan about this? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I heard back, back at in 98 at Hartford and I have chronic back pain. And, and this last year has been really difficult to, to run the car. Um, I'd, I'd run the car, but I didn't do it any justice, you know, halfway through the race, my back would be killing me and it, you just concentrate on driving when you're in pain. So I knew that it was time and I just sort of sitting back and feeling out what's going on. And, and then I seen that Ryan was available and in my opinion, it was just a no brainer. I mean, how do you, how do you let a guy that's got that kind of talent that just did what he did this year and at least talk to him and, and try and put something together. Um, I just think it's a good fit for us. Did you, did you have plans? Um, you know, you said your health was failing a little bit, but were you planning into going into car ownership the whole time or were you planning on just kind of unloading everything and becoming a fan? No, I mean, me and my brother have talked about, you know, it's, it's probably time. And uh, we were actually talking about it halfway through the season uh, at Butler because, you know, uh, I could just, I, again, Bob is so than I am a driver anymore. So it just, we needed to make a change. And I didn't make it really public to anybody other than my family that I was going to be looking. And uh, and it just so happened that Ryan's available. And like I said, it's, it's I think it's going to be great for us both. Now, what is the, take me in behind the scenes a little bit here. When you were racing, Ken, who is in charge of making that car go fast? Did you play your own crew chief, or did you lean on your brother for that? I know that, that the two of you were kind of the dynamic duo, but I don't know who is in charge of what. Yeah, so, you know, during, during the week, we both worked on it and did the maintenance on it and stuff, but it's 100% setups, my shot package, my bars, uh, pranks away, and tire stagger, spacing, everything is 100%, always has been by me that way if the car don't go i ain't got nobody to blame but myself no i mean it's it's again it's a team that gets you there and the sponsors that help it keep going but uh, i sort of put the setup on it from day one and it's always been that way since i've been racing for 40 plus years one of the things that we're hearing more and more about in sprint car racing is how important having a crew chief is somebody to set that car up hear what the driver's saying and, and make those changes uh, are you concerned at all or, or, I mean, is there, should we expect a learning curve for you to be able to take what Ryan has to say about the race car and apply those changes to make that car go fast for him, right? Cause you know how to make the car go fast for Ken Mackey, but now is it going to be a challenge for you to make the car go fast for Ryan rule? Well, one advantage that we'll have is the car is going to be a little bit lighter because it's like 100 pounds lighter than I am. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's easier to set up with somebody that don't weigh is what I weigh. So, but uh, I mean, uh, I can tell by by looking at a car uh, what it needs, even if it ain't my car. Watching it out on a racetrack, if it's tight, loose, stagger, wedge, whatever, all that kind of stuff, I can sort of tell by looking at it what it needs. But obviously, you got to be able to communicate with the guy driving it and say, okay, if you got in about a half car length higher here, you could off better there and you could get on the gas, blah, blah, blah. It's all, you know, talking and communicating. And I think we'll gel at that anyway. Because to be honest with you, Ryan and I sort of did that over the last few years anyway. Like you said, there was nights that I'd coach him a little bit just behind the. Hey, I see your car's doing this, you know, blah, blah, blah. It probably sorted that with Ryan as it was, you know, trying to make him better. And I think we'll just make each other better um, throughout the season. Yeah, Ryan, I want your thoughts on that too. I mean, having kind of leaned on him throughout the seasons when you've either been driving your car or been driving somebody else's car, do you guys, you Ryan, do you feel like you already have a, a communication, um, you know, foundation started before you head into the season? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I I do actually. Um, that was kind of one of the one of the things that I was thinking about when I was wondering what I should look for, trying to find a new team or something. But yeah, when I started talking to Kenny, I already knew that I I trusted his insight on driving on the track and knowing um, that what he sees the car doing, he has a good idea how to fix it. So yeah, I'd already sort of played it out in my head and yeah, fully trusted Kenny as the crew chief. So Ryan, I got to ask you, obviously it sounds like you guys are going to be able to, you know, run some 410, 360 stuff, kind of balance that across the board. Or have you guys discussed about uh, coming back to defend your Great Lakes Super Sprints championship? Um, I would, we kind of made a, you know, like a loose schedule talking to each other about what we should pursue. Um, and yeah, I feel like it was kind of a general consensus that we would do most of the GLSS stuff. And if towards the end of the season, if we were at the front of the points that, you know, it makes sense to run the rest of them. But yeah, we, we didn't, we didn't want to set out to be committed to just run the GLSS series. What are you guys looking at in terms of how many races? Um, I'm, I'm thinking not, uh, you know, 60 or 70 races, right? Right. Right. Um, we talked about, about 25 to 35, uh, kind of dependent on what shows are within a three hour radius and how things are going. Um, but yeah, I think 25 to 35, give or take is what we're shooting for. Now, Ken, for you, when I think of Ken Mackey, I think 410 sprint car racing, hands down, no question. Of course, when uh, you were dominating the streets, it was sprints on dirt. It was Butler Motor Speedway. It was Attica Fremont Challenge Series. So 410 was anywhere you wanted to go, you could take it. Now, with the with the surgence of you know the, the Great Lakes Super Sprints and what they're doing and going to all these racetracks, What's I mean, do you have a 360 program established? Are you ready to go with the 360 in the box? Is there many changes you've had to do to get ready for that program? Yeah, well, back in the day, I think it was 06, we ran the 360. It was the only year I really competed do, doing the 360 when I, I run Phil Mott stuff um, that Dustin Daggett took over in 07. But we were fortunate enough when the, the back then it was a, um, ASDS soft deal 360 but uh, so I, we got the experience running that you was 15 years ago but still 360 is a 360 but you, they're not a 410 uh, they're completely different um, how they handle everything different uh, with the extra weight but we have a brand new car with brand new engine sitting there waiting we're just gonna get another one going so and we already got the two 410s so we'll be okay you know, when people talk about Ken Mackey in our area, the, you know, the word legend gets thrown around, and that's a word that's got a lot of weight to it. But I think one of those things, Ken, is that your equipment, you have you have always tried to have equipment that has been top of the line. You've spared no expense, uh, you know, to make sure that you have what it's going to take to go out there. And, and you've always talked really highly with your partnership with Kistler. Are you going back to them for your engine program this year? Um. um Gary Griffith uh, has been doing my, my motors. Uh, I bought a lot of my um, race car parts from Kistler and, and uh, Scott Benick as well over the years. And, uh, but our engines are, are going to be maintained by, uh, by Griff's engines. Um, and uh, he's done a good job for me. And like I said, I've had them since 92. And I think we've had one in that failure, um, that was actually a part failure. So it's, we've been pretty fortunate to have Gary working on my stuff and uh, we'll continue to do that. until I'm not racing anymore at all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and I guess one of the last questions I have for you, Ken is w with getting back into the swing of travel, are you excited now to kind of, you know, step into a new role, if you will, and have a really solid chance at, at winning races again at, you know, I-96 and Hartford's and uh, Crystal's and Butler's and, you know, all these tracks again to go back to victory lane, but now this time with a new role. Are you excited for that possibility? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I've missed out on the road um, doing that deal, you know, two times a week minimum, and, 
and uh, I mean, we got the support equipment to be able to do it with the toter and the, and the trailer and stuff to haul two cars and stuff. So the equipment wise is there uh, to be able to do it. Uh, but um, again, you can't any faster by staying at one racetrack, racing with the same people. You got to venture out and uh, find out how really fast you ain't. You know, you think you're really, yeah. then you go to Attica and, and, and you think you're really going fast and all of a sudden somebody buy you. It's you just find out how good you ain't real quick uh, racing against really really good cars, so it just makes you better, and uh, that's what we need to be. So we're gonna try and be up front every night and uh, put as good as equipment as as we can out on a racetrack and um, try and be the guy to beat. Ryan, I have to ask you this. You know, we had we had Steve Smith on the show last week, uh, and he was nothing but complimentary about you and everything that you guys did together. Um, was that a surprise uh, when, when he had spoke to you about what was going on and how big of a was, was it a surprise to you uh, when you found out Mac was, Max was getting in that car? Um, <clears throat> no, I feel like Steve and I had a, a good relationship uh, and we talked and he just said he was going a different route next year and the, there was no malice or anything. And, so I was hoping he wouldn't have too many bad things to say about me. I felt like we, I guess, split on as, as good a terms as possible. Um, but, yeah, I, the Max thing is, uh, it's real interesting, I guess you could say. I'm, <laughs> it's, it's a good, it's a tell, good word uh, to use. It's go. a good you, you <laughs> used a word. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to, you know, talk bad about anybody. But, yeah, it, it's hard to tell uh, – what what max is planning or doing but yeah i i think they'll they'll be fast together and yeah i'm, I'm sure it's a good fit for him i tried to pull a trade on you last week you know to try to get you a <laughs> get you a ride in a car with a five on the wing but I, that's before i knew this was going on well there is a five in the 25 so that's and there's a question are we gonna there's a really good question rich thanks for setting that up on a t are we gonna see 25m on the side of this race car with ryan rule behind the wheel uh, yeah. yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, uh, we're going to wrap this up here. We could keep talking about this for a long time, um, but goals. I think that's probably the last thing we should talk about. First year, new team, new roles and responsibility for you, Ken. And, uh, you know, I, I think even for you, Ryan, a lot of people are watching and a lot of people have some high expectations for this pairing. What sort of goals have you laid out for each other? moving into the 2022 season and and uh ken i guess i'll let you take the first swing at it yeah put me under the gun yeah our goal is to be up front every night um we're not showing up to run second that's there you, you can't win every night unless you're kyle larson but um it's one of those deals that <laughs> we do not plan to to be the car that's running in the back of the pack we we want to be up front and uh, we want to be contending for wins every night. And there's circumstances that are going to put you, you know, out of the win and this, that, and the other thing. But hopefully with, with Brian's um, driving talent and uh, the cars that we're going to supply him, that will be contenders every night, no matter who's there. Ryan, do 410 you, or 360. Ryan, do you echo those uh, goals, or do you have goals that are different for yourself as a driver? Um. No, I, I I think we're, yeah, fully capable of running up front. Um, I know there's probably going to be some time to gel to, you know, figure each other out and stuff. But, I, yeah, I think Ken is sharp enough to kind of see everything that's happening and be able to relate to what the car needs. So I, I, I'm kind of assuming and hoping we'll be pretty fast uh, – pretty early i'm glad to see zach that they're both on the same page or we'd have another one of these shows in about three months <laughs> <laughs> well I, I think from what i'm hearing uh, the final detail that needs to be settled is to make sure that the right beer is in the cooler after a trip to victory lane and then i think everybody will be good yeah, I think that that probably is the, the final detail. <laughs> Guys, uh, I want to thank you both so much for uh, making some time to join us tonight, Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer. And you know what? We didn't even say both of these drivers 
are champions in 2021, now working together in 2022. Ken Mackey, the 2021 Butler Motor Speedway Sprint Car Track Champion. Uh, Ryan Rule, of course, the Great Lakes Super Sprints Champion for 2021. Good luck to you both, and uh, I know a lot of folks are going to be excited to see what happens when April rolls around, so good luck. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Let's flip the coin back over now as we uh, wrap up our dirt discussion for tonight, and let's talk about where Rich France is going to be headed in 48 hours. (laughs) You're going to hop on a bird, leave Michigan, where it's currently snowing and freezing rain, to head to the Snowball Derby. Figure that out. Uh, The 54th running of the Snowball Derby, Rich France, you've got a heck of a preview prepared for us. Let us know what you're you're looking and what you're watching for. Yeah, probably. You know, uh, one of the best 300 laps I th- races that I've, I've ever seen, Zach. Um, so, yep, heading down there this weekend, the defending champion, Ty Majeski, is in the house. He'll be going for two in a row. Um, winners in the field this year, Zach, this surprised me that there weren't more. But Majeski, obviously, uh, Eric Jones with his two wins, uh, and Rich Bickle, who he, I think Rich Bickle, it's going to be a, task for him to make the show um with all this young talent that's going to be over 50 cars i think almost 60 cars are registered in both the snowball derby and the snowflake pro late models uh zach uh it's going to be unbelievable now i know that you have some things prepared as far as drivers to watch from our area and then those contenders. So what do you have? Let's let's keep it in the super late model division first. Who do you have your eye on this weekend? Well, first, let's talk about the guys from around here that uh, that are heading down there. Obviously, Carson Hosevar uh, hasn't had a real good super late model season, to be honest no, with you. No, no, he has not. Uh, not uh, after last year uh, when he won just about everything there was. Uh, it was like a 180-degree turn for him this year. But he had a lot of focus on that truck ride this year, and I think that's maybe took a little bit away from it. But he's going back down there. Remember, Hosovar didn't even make the show last year, did not right. make the derby. He went home early. Uh, also, uh, Boris Yurkovic, remember the crash he had at Berlin? Yeah. Back in a race car now for the first time uh, down south at the Snowball Derby. I think that is a story in itself. Two broken legs, and he's back in a race car in the same season. I think that's unbelievable. Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, other super driver, Jack Smith, who almost had himself a Winchester 400. Yes, sir. uh, Had that great battle with Sammy Smith out of Delaware, Ohio. Jack Smith will be down there. And then Brandon Watson from Ontario, Canada, making the trip down south. Those are drivers in our area. And then, Zach, we talk about contenders. I'm not going to name them all, but we'll just run run a few of these down, and I'm just going to use their last names. Uh, Nassie Pollard Thorne Smith with an S, Smith with a C. Uh, <laughs> Corey Heim, uh, Matt Craig, Roderick Garcia, Choquette, Love, Griffith, Enfinger, on and on and on. You pick a winner because I can't. You know, I, I was when you mentioned Ty Majeski picking up the win last year, I was reminded about the battle that he had with Derek Thorne and the just – overwhelming dejection and and really frustration that Thorne had when we spoke to him down in the tech area. I think if he is able to channel that somehow, I think you're going to need to keep an eye on that 43 machine because he came within a couple of laps from becoming a snowball derby champion. It was so close. And, uh, you know, you again, you do what you do to pick up marquee wins. Majeski used a little bit of the front bumper. Thorne tried to return the favor, didn't play out. I think you're going to want to keep an eye on Derek Thorne this year. Well, if you got a memory, you can go back. Derek Thorne probably should have won the last two snowball derbies, okay? Uh, uh, an official's decision two years ago uh, cost him the win. And last year, 252 laps led, Zach, yeah. for, for Derek Thorne out of 300. That is dominating an event. The problem, Ty Majeski thought it was uh, more important <laughs> at the end that he take home the big money and decided to move him. I don't know if uh, Thorne was ready for that or not, but uh, because he couldn't get back to him, it cost him a win. We have we didn't see Derek Thorne uh, at the All-American 400. He did not make the trip, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see what uh, – I know he's doing double duty this weekend. He's going to run in the snowflake as well, so we'll have to see. But uh, every time Derek Thorne in the last couple of years has made a trip down to the Snowball Derby, he has definitely had the car to win. 
Now, I feel like for the Snowflake 100, as we change gears here toward Pro Late Models, this is also another key part of the Snowball Derby weekend is the Snowflake 100. Rich, between our association with Nashville and CRA and what we have covered up here, I want to say we know about a third of the field, but then you remember the size of the expected field for Pro Late Models, and maybe we know about a sixth or an eighth of the field. Uh, there are a lot of guys going down with Pro Late Models this weekend. Yeah, there sure are. Uh, you know, our buddy, friend of the program, Steve Dorer, I don't know if you want to call him a Florida resident of Michigan. I think I, I think we claim him because this is where he came from. But uh, it, Steve Dorr will be making the trip over uh, across the state. Uh, Kyle Jones out of Ohio, uh, I think he won down at uh, down at Killcare this year in CRA when when you were down there. I think he picked up. The I think win. you're right. Yeah, that was yep. a, that was uh, a long time ago. But I think you're that correct. Was, <laughs> yeah, that that was a long time ago. And then out of Indiana, Eddie Van Meter, Mason Keller. Uh, Hunter Jack, the 2021 Arca Series Super Series champion, and uh, Borden, Indiana's Cole Williams, who just picked up the All-American 100 down at, in the Pro Late Models down at the All-American 400 at Nashville. Uh, he'll, he'll be going down. And then uh, Michigan, uh, like I said, Steve Dorr. Let's not forget uh, Kent City's Andrew Scheid making the trip. We yeah. watched him do some testing last week uh, when, they had, when they had the snowball preview test session. Uh, We'll be seeing him down there. And then uh, a name you'll remember, but you may not have seen him race a whole lot, Trayton Lapsovich, Caden Lapsovich's brother. He'll be running uh, out of Grimsby, Ontario, Canada. He'll be heading down there to run the Snowflake as well. Yeah, and, and when you, if you want to ask me about Pro Late Model predictions, I, I'll kindly tell you, no thanks. I'm not going to poke that one with a 39-and-a-half-foot pole uh, because it's completely, I mean, Oh, man. I don't even know where to start, Rich France. I don't even know where well, to start. You, well, the problem is you have a lot of guys doing double duty. So Derek Thorne's pulling double duty. Bubba Pollard's pulling double duty. Steven Nassie is pulling double duty. Uh, Derek Griffith is pulling double duty. Uh, so you, you you don't know what's going to happen. Do you think these guys are going to be up front? Yeah, I think those are the gentlemen that you're going to see up front. And I think every time we see a pro late model race, we always see somebody slip in there. And my surprise performer, I think, and not because we've had him on the program, but I just like the way that he runs in a pro late model. I think you have to keep an eye out for Cole Williams. I really, really do. Yeah, and I'll say what I said again uh, last week. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to go to victory lane, but you have put emphasis on how hard it is to make these shows. I'm going to tell you, Andrew Scheid makes it into the Snowflake 100 this weekend. And that means he's going to be above a lot of very talented pro late model drivers. They were one of just half a dozen that went to that test last week. And I think they learned a lot that's going to set them up to be ready to compete this weekend. Yeah. If Andrew thinks he went to school at all at Winchester, (laughs) it's not even close. This is a major education session that he's going to learn down at Pensacola um, because there were no that there are going to be no lightweights in this field right from front from front to back it's going to be solid and and this will probably be the biggest learning experience to be honest with you which is good for andrew Uh, absolutely um you know uh to be going down there phase one get in the race phase two finish finish the race that's what you got to do absolutely all right rich you're going to be on the call not on the call but you're going to be down there all weekend uh for this really is a weekend's long event what what's the schedule look like for the weekend yeah so friday they're going to have a uh rate a weekend opening party or on, on wednesday they're going to have a weekend opening party i don't know if i'm no no on track racing on wednesday i think they're going to pill draw for qualifying positions on wednesday night as well thursday pretty much a lot of uh pretty much short track they're pure stocks their trucks the sportsmen they're gonna they're gonna have a, a local event on thursday and then uh on Friday evening, everything else kicks off. The Supers qualify on Friday evening at 6 p.m. under the lights at Five Flag Speedway. Uh, Pro Lates will qualify on Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. before all of the last chance qualifiers that take place, and there will be some. Uh, the Allen Turner Snowflake 100 goes off at 7 p.m. on Saturday, and the green flag flies for the 54th Annual Snowball Derby at 1 p.m. on Sunday. And Zach, this is for you. If you can't make it, which I know you're going to be, <laughs> I, I know you're looking at, uh, you know, getting gateway on, on the TV, speed 51 TV 
now racingamerica.com uh tonight if you if you go online Monday tonight, night you get 20 20% off on the weekend package four day package 20% off you can watch the whole weekend um from Pensacola so or you can buy each day individually depends how you want to do it all right, Rich. And uh, when we take a look at the upcoming calendar, of course, we just did it. Snowball Derby this weekend, Gateway Dirt Nationals this weekend. And then we gear up for the Rumble in Fort Wayne. And then then what? Then we're looking Chili Bowl Nationals. Then we're looking, I mean, all of a sudden we're right back getting ready to go into the swing of things with Speed Weeks. Uh, it's These next few weeks are going to roll around pretty darn quick. Yeah, I mean, if We'll have to keep an eye on Speed Fest in January yes. for CRA, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. And, and we got a lot of other things going on pretty soon here, Zach. We're going to kick off. Uh, we, we're going to kick off our most popular driver challenge. Uh, small. Uh, there's a small change in the rule book for this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not going to. Yeah, best driver. We man, that boy. That was a battle last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, with, with with it was great though that all the fans uh, jumped on board and voted. And we're going to do that again this year. So we're going to have our most popular driver challenge for the Outlaw Super Late Models. That's what we're going to kick things off with. We'll have template late models. We'll have uh, dirt late models and wing sprint cars. We'll have the, them as well. Uh, that should take us. I think I think our, our contests should take us pretty much into the new year, wouldn't you think? Oh, I think it'll take us right up to the 2022 race season, which is exactly the yeah. goal. So look for that. More details to be coming in uh, very soon on the Horsepower Happenings social media. So that's going to do it for another episode of Horsepower Happenings. Want to extend a sincere thank you to Ken Mackey and Ryan Rule who made time to join us tonight. Uh, that is going to be, I'm telling you, watch out. If they can figure out how to communicate and Ken can get that car set up for Ryan and Ryan can tell Ken what that car needs, Rich France, I'm telling you, watch out. I was trying to get, I, I, I was, well, I, I guess I could say I wasn't trying to do it, but I was trying to do it. I was trying to get Ryan to respond to, you know, to the compliments of Steve Smith, and boy, it didn't seem like he wanted to go there, did he? <laughs> I think uh, I think that if the 25M and the 71H are around each other, we're going to see some really good racing in 2022. That's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, we may want to show we may want to show up and have horsepower happenings on site for that first event. I think I, I don't think you're wrong about that. So hey, uh, we better put a bow on this one. Um, if we didn't say it last week, Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. Now it's time for Snowball Derby. Let's get into that. Rich France is going to be down there this weekend. He'll have all the behind the scenes coverage, and we'll talk more about it coming up on next Monday night show, which you can find same time, same place, right here. Horsepower happenings for Rich France, my co-host for Scott Mendon who pays the bills. I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much. For for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week with a snowball derby recap right here on horsepower happenings you've been listening to horsepower happenings catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening